Welcome to the latest episode of our Business in Focus podcast. I'm Emily Khan, a director here at PwC, and I'm your host for today's episode. In this episode, we'll be examining the impact COVID-19 has had on jobs and skills. The COVID-19 pandemic has accelerated changes in how and where we work. And for many organisations, the crisis has brought to the fore the discrepancy between the skills people have and those needed for the jobs in a digital world. We'll be taking a look today at the trends that are likely to stick around after the pandemic and we'll discuss the role of government and business in helping people develop the skills that they need to succeed in the future. Now, to do just that, I'm joined in our virtual studio by Fiona Kamenzuli, our People and Organisation Network Leader, and Lord Gavin Barwell. Now a strategic advisor to PwC UK, Gavin served as Chief of Staff to Prime Minister Theresa May and was MP for Croydon Central from 2010 to 2017. Now, like many organisations, we are slowly moving to a mix of office and remote working. So I'm at home today. Gavin, I believe you were in our Embankment Place office today. Hello to you. Hi. Yeah, I was, uh, Emily. Um, second day back today and was really impressed, actually, with all the arrangements that have been put in place Um so it feels a very safe environment. It was lovely to, to be able to see and meet some colleagues face to face for the first time. Brilliant. In a while. So, That's good, good to hear. I'm looking forward to my, my first day back soon. And, and Fiona, where are you today? Uh, well, hello, Emily. Yes, today I'm actually at home in Essex, uh, although for the past few weeks, I have actually moved to more of a mix of office and remote working. So I've been to both our embankment place and more London offices several times. And like Gavin, have been really impressed with uh, how it's been set up. It's been really lovely to get back in and see people and collaborate and be sort of face to face with some people. But today I'm at Brilliant. Home. Well, thank you both for joining me virtually. And, and I look forward to meeting you sometime in the office soon. Um, Gavin, perhaps we could start with you um, with some context to start with looking at the short term how has covid-19 impacted on on jobs in the uk and and what do you think might happen in the next few months well it's obviously it's obviously had a, a difficult impact on the labor market we've seen an increase in the number of people uh, out of work but i think actually emily if you consider what's happened to our economy um, that impact maybe hasn't been as bad as as we might have feared. The, if mm. you look at the, the GDP figures for March and April, we lost about a quarter of our economy in those two months. And we haven't seen anything like that scale of increase in unemployment. So I think the government deserves some credit. The furlough scheme in particular has clearly helped keep, keep people in work. And yep. also employers deserve some credit uh, for making an effort to try and protect their people uh, from the impact. So the key question is what's going to happen next, which which is the second part of what you asked. And the furlough scheme clearly is now being wound down and the aim is for it to come to an end at the end of October. And right now, about 12% of the workers in the country are, are furloughed. So the million dollar question is how many of them are going to get back into work and how many of them are going to find themselves uh, out of work? Mm -hmm. And then I think the final thing I would I would flag up is the impact on young people leaving school, college and university uh, over the course of this summer, because they are entering the labour market at a really difficult time. And we know from the uh, from the financial crisis, 2008, 2009, the young people who came into the labour market then and found it very difficult to get into work had a long term impact on their earnings potential. So we've really got to focus on what we can do to to help them as well as the people that are currently furloughed. Yeah, absolutely. And I recognise that. And it's a very delicate balancing act, as you say, in, in kind of how we remove these schemes and keep as many people employed as possible. 
Um, you mentioned there that the longer term impacts for, for young people. What about the, the broader longer term impacts? What do you see changing in, in the nature of work over the long term? I think there are probably three effects that I would that I would flag up. The first would be clearly there are going to be some changes in terms of the, the sectors that people work in. Uh, the pandemic has really impacted some sectors very heavily and yeah. others actually have done well. Um, through the process. So I think what we're likely to see are some shifts in terms of which sectors are biggest in terms of employment in the labour market. And another of the tough choices the government's got to make is how much money does it spend trying to protect people's jobs in sectors which maybe don't have a great long-term future? And how much does it want to put into trying to create new jobs in the growth sectors of the future? And I think a second factor is we may well see a shift from self-employment into employment. You know, for quite a long time in the UK, we've had growing numbers of people self-employed, but clearly this crisis has been a pretty worrying period um, for people in self-employment. So we may yeah. see that trend reverse. And then the third thing, and perhaps the most profound, uh, I think are changes to, to where we work. So uh, PwC has done a, a global survey of, of chief executives and almost four out of five of them said that they expected remote working to become more widespread in their businesses uh, as a result right. of the pandemic. So I think a sort of blend, really what the three of us were talking about at the start, a blend of office and home working, uh, I think is going to be one of the things that's going to emerge from this. And that's going to have huge implications for the commercial property market, for retail businesses and city centres, for airlines, for public transport uh, yeah. systems. If we see profound shifts in where people are spending their time, that clearly has big knock-on effects. Yeah, that's really interesting. That's quite a stark statistic there, isn't it? That four out of five figure. And I know from a personal perspective, that's certainly something that I'm I'm intrigued in as an employee. You know, I'm a working parent and I've been juggling getting that balance and, and things have been very different during lockdown. So I'm, I'm interested in, in seeing how that, that unfolds as, as a member of staff. Um, Fiona, I'd like, like to draw you in, if I may, and, and pick up on that point about... Uh, the changes between uh, between sectors and between the types of work that people do today versus tomorrow and what that means for the skills agenda. And before the crisis, we were already talking a lot about, about the skills gap in the UK. How has um, COVID-19 either helped us develop more digital skills or, or has it made things worse? Well, I mean, we know even pre-pandemic, you know, the world of work um, has been, is changing and will continue to change. And, and this is going to have really uh, substantial societal impacts. Pre-COVID-19, we were already facing globally, actually, not just in the UK, into some mm. pretty material external disruptors. So, you know, economic, political shifts, the impact of climate change on how businesses actually do business and, and how people live and work. I think the, the growing debate around inequality and the impact of changing demographics on that, and yeah. I think, uh, you know, a very global, I would say, debate on fairness, which plays into people's attitudes to work, access to skills, access to opportunity. And of course, the really big impact of accelerated changes to automation and technology, all of these things were already happening. And in the UK, in particular, we were seeing, um, you know, income inequality and a digital divide across across regions. Now, COVID-19, actually, you know, hasn't 
hasn't changed any of those. Th those things still are there. But actually what COVID-19 has done is it's accelerated the need for change. And okay. it's also demonstrated, I would say, for a lot of companies that, that actually change is possible, but also that there's a speed of change that they can make they might not have anticipated before. So I think what's happened is the pandemic has has given a lot of organisations a mandate to rethink, reconfigure their business models. Um, yeah. I think that it's actually having the impact of accelerating the progress that we are now making in the UK to develop digital skills, you know, particularly through things, for example, um, that Gavin was talking about around, for example, virtual working. You know, we're seeing more companies, as he said, from our research are saying, look, you know, virtual working in some form, some mix is here to stay. That's really transformed the way people approach their daily jobs, how they're going to collaborate, but also how we use technology. And the sort of our recent uh, CEO panel survey that we did also showed that over 50 percent of UK CEOs have digital transformation of their core business processes as one of their top three priorities now. Right. So that, you know, this is an enormous shift in, in focus, but also speed of change. But I think what's really important to remember is there's not a lot of value in just digitizing everything you do in your organization if your people don't have the skills they need to adapt. And this is where the skills agenda is just so important. Mm -hmm. And we really need to focus on how we upskill people across all um, businesses and institutions in the economy because the skills that we have today aren't the skills we're going to need for the workplace of tomorrow. Um, so digital skills and, and bringing, giving those into, into people's hands will empower them, allow them to innovate and, and succeed um, in a changing world. But I think it's also important to remember it's not just about digital skills. It's also about the, the human skills that go alongside it. Yeah. Um, and the reason this change is so important is if, if you know, governments, businesses, NGOs don't take up this sort of um, responsibility to protect people, there's a danger that huge swathes of society will get left behind. So it's really important opportunity to protect people and give them the fundamental skills that they need to succeed. But it also helps with this sort of the, the point I mentioned earlier about fairness, access to opportunities, access to skills. Yeah, I completely agree with you there, there Fiona, and, and it's certainly something that you notice a lot more being discussed by large organisations, the role that, you know, we all have and the responsibility we have to help people develop those skills that they need to succeed. Um, you touched on there um, talking about the, the regional disparity and, and, and Gavin, clearly you were talking about kind of changes and shifts around the UK as we adapt to the new economic climate and different sectors responding how do you think that will change the dynamic of, of skills distribution um, around the UK Fiona? Well I think I think there have definitely been regions in the UK that have suffered uh, from lack of available skills or this disparity of skills that existed um, and for some parts of the country you know there's almost a bit of a postcode or has been a bit of a postcode lottery around access to skills training and employment Interestingly, I think, you know, this remote working, increased remote working, and I do think, as Gavin said, it will realistically be a mix. So people, you know, mm. there's definitely a role for the workplace and, you know, we are, we need to get together, we need to collaborate. But I think that that new way of working actually could 
have a big impact on the distribution of skills. We could see more people choose to live, move outside of London, uh, settle permanently into other regions. This is really beneficial for businesses also, right, because it gives them a access to a much wider and diverse talent pool. Um, but it also actually, I think, then provides opportunity for the communities those businesses serve to create, um, you know, more access to skills. So I think it could be a very positive thing uh, for many regions across the country. Mm. But we can't just assume that remote working is going to solve that skills issue, right? So I think that in order to really address what is a very important um, need for the economy and for society, we're going to need really strategic action from governments, from businesses, from NGOs, from educators to really help distribute skills and opportunities across the country. Remote working will definitely play an important part of it, but it's not the the only answer to the to the problem. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, there's a you've set out a pretty clear case and call for action there, um, Gavin. Perhaps I come to your view first in in response to that. What's the role of government in that piece and addressing that challenge and closing that skills gap? Well, it's obviously it's obviously got a significant role. I mean, the, the government is responsible for our school system uh, and for our FE system and has a big impact on our higher education uh, system as well. And I think the questions the government will be asking itself are, you know, are those systems providing people with the skills that employers are looking for and, yeah. and certainly my personal view is if you if you think about the sort of policy debate on education in this country we've had far too much focus purely on sort of academic groups uh, and not enough focus on vocational qualifications and vocational education which is just as important for our economy yeah. but uh, the fundamental thing I would say is we still kind of think of education as something that uh, happens before we go into the workplace and if you think about the things that Fiona was talking about, actually, we're all going to need to carry on learning throughout our careers and developing yeah, new skills. Yeah, lifelong learning. Of, yeah, given the pace of technological uh, change. So the government's got a role there, uh, but I think it's not just uh, the government's responsibility. I think employers have got a responsibility too. And I, I guess there's two bits to that responsibility. So the first is uh, our survey. I think we surveyed something like 22,000 people in 11 different countries. And it showed that almost three quarters of people would like to take up opportunities uh, to upskill. But a lot of those people aren't getting those opportunities from their employers. So first of all, there's clearly a role for employers in terms of their own workforce, trying to make sure that they've got the skills they need. But I think there's also a role for them to get involved with the government in designing training schemes, because there's a danger otherwise that the government spends a lot of money on things and it's not actually turning out people with the skills that the market is looking for. And then the final thing I think I would uh, pick out is there's a responsibility, I think, to that cohort of young people uh, that I was talking about that are leaving school and college and university in a very difficult labor market. And they are the workforce of tomorrow. So between the government and employers in this country, we've got to try and find a way to ensure that we get them into work or into meaningful uh, training and don't leave them with nothing to do at the moment. And then the final bit of it, is the government clearly has a responsibility uh, to accelerate its own transformation. It's going to have to upskill its own people uh, and make sure that the, the public sector, that public services are digitised if they're going to be affordable and resilient going forward. And that clearly is a core government responsibility. 
I, I completely agree with you, Gavin. I, I do think, I mean, there there are you know multiple stakeholders to, needed to resolve you know complex issue. I do think businesses have got a really important role to play in this. Uh, they're able to create opportunities for employees to learn new skills, um, which in turn can equip them to sort of innovate, work differently, operate differently. But there's also opportunity for businesses to help the most vulnerable parts of our society, the most vulnerable members of society, have access to the skills they need to succeed. So I think business has a very big role to play. Mm. This is a really complex issue, right? And I think, um, organizations, businesses will need to take a very thoughtful and strategic approach to how they're going to build on the new skills that they need their workforce to have. But also in particular, the workforce, the, the skills their workforces have actually developed during lockdown. You know, the point I made earlier that businesses found themselves in a situation where suddenly everyone had to work remotely when before they hadn't, you know, hadn't done that. And actually our employees and across organizations have learned a lot during that period. So using that learning to think about, well, what does this mean for the future? What future skills do we need? I think another important point is that the pandemic has definitely emphasized the need for companies to really be clear about their purpose and act with purpose um, and work together. So that's important in terms of the impact they have on the communities they serve, but also the impact they have on their own employees and, and the way their employees will view them as an employer. So they've got a really big role to play in providing that access to opportunity. But also I think this idea of working with others across different sectors, across different types of organization, for me, that that's a really important thing that in some ways, you know, you can draw parallels in, in the, the health um, the health crisis of the, the, the yeah. pandemic, how, how we have to all pull together to work together to solve, solve a difficult problem. I mean, recently um, at PwC, we had a New World New Skills Leadership Exchange event. And in that, we brought together over 40 senior leaders from very different organisations across the UK. And we spoke a lot about the value of supporting and encouraging young people to do apprenticeships, develop key skills from an early age. Here at PwC, we've been on our own journey, upskilling our own people. So I think, you know, it's sort of a multi-dimensional approach. But to Gavin's point, you know, starting also supporting young people to do it and thinking about the workforce of tomorrow is going to be really, really important. Thank you both. I agree with you both. And it's actually very exciting to hear you both talk with such passion about, about this challenge. This feels like a conversation that, that we could have for a lot longer, but we are almost out of time today already. Can you believe it? Um, I'd like to ask you both for a kind of final thought for people to take away as they, they go and do their own thinking about this agenda. Gavin, maybe I'll come to you first. What would be your, your final thought for those listening? I think I'd probably come back to what you were talking about, Emily, in terms of what do we as employees and what do our employers want in terms of this? But this, this pandemic has accelerated changes that were sort of gradually underway. And yeah. you see lots of predictions out there about the nature of work in the future. And, and my instinct is the same as yours, that we're probably going to find a balance at the end of this. You've, there's some people out there saying as soon as the pandemic's over, everything will go back to how it was. And there's others saying, oh, offices are finished. It's all done. We're just all going to work from home now. And my instinct is the same as yours, that uh, those of us, particularly those of us maybe that are working parents, but others as well, I suspect, have, have enjoyed having that balance in their life. But we are also social animals and collaboration and working with other people is really important. So my, my strong instinct is that once we're through this, 
uh, we will find a healthy balance between uh, the two extremes in terms of the future of work as we go forward. Okay, I hope so. Fiona, what would your, your final thought be for those listening? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I'll build on what, what Gavin said. I agree, you know, my instinct is we, we will we will come out of this and, you know, some things will be different because they were already changing. Um, but I think the, the one thing from the, on the skills perspective, you know, I think if we want to create uh, and, and play a part in creating a fairer society, hand in hand with a successful economy to come through this, it's imperative that people across the UK get access to the skills they need to succeed in what's going to be, you know, a different world. It just is. Um, I think the one thing I would just hope is that people don't sit back and think it's just someone else's problem. Because I think, as I mentioned before, you know, COVID-19, I think, highlighted the, the need to work together, but also our ability to work together um, to solve really big issues that face us. And I think if we can get governments, educators, businesses recognising the role they have to play um, and recognising actually that their employees want this, people want access. So really being open to that. Thank you so much, both of you, Fiona and Gavin, for sharing your insights. Um, and of course, thanks to everybody for listening. I'm certainly feeling inspired to think a bit more about this area and the role I can play. If you too would like to find out more about how we're upskilling our people here at PwC, then you can visit our website at pwc.co.uk forward slash upskilling. Or if you're looking for ways to deepen your own digital knowledge or adapt to new ways of working, then why not download our free digital fitness app, which you can find at pwc.co.uk forward slash digital fitness. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to keep up to date with all of our latest episodes of this Business in Focus podcast series. Thanks, everybody. See you next time.